Welcome to Passionate People Podcast, created by developers for developers. If you have enjoyed this episode, please tune in to the next one by following us or subscribing to this channel. On this episode, we hear from Lee Boomstra. Besides being an accomplished author, Lee is an applied AI engineer and developer advocate for Google, specifically on conversational AI. This recording was produced on the same day as the 2020 edition of the Frontend Love Conference. Some of the noteworthy topics that were discussed during this conversation include the tech choices for the demonstration she did during her talk, an elucidation of the complexity involved at creating AI systems, her personal preferences for frameworks and programming paradigm, her activities at Google, and of course, her favorite drink while coding. So, hello and welcome. I'm Harris from Passion People with Chris. Hello. Hi there. Hello. hello. Yeah. So, That's we, have Chris, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have Lee. We have Lee Bonstra from Google joining us right after her talk uh, here in Frontend Developer Love. So, um, maybe bring our listeners up to speed, maybe a couple of words tell about your speech. So I'm Lee Boonstra, I'm a developer advocate for, for Google, specifically on conversational AI. So that means dialogue flow, speech technology, and also contact center AI, which are robots in the contact center. And uh, my talk today was on how can you create your own AI voice assistants. So then, then I, don't meet, me, I don't mean like using the Google Assistant, no, I mean like integrating your own AI in your own application or web app. And uh, yeah, I did that through uh, WebRTC in combination with Dialogflow, in combination with Speech-to-Text, in combination with Text-to-Speech and WebSocket. So it's a whole bunch of technology. So you can Im imagine like it's uh, complicated. So the, the, the only thing that I was missing in that role was SSM. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I was actually waiting for that to come as well. Like, okay, so a speech markup. This, yeah, SSML. Um, I could have used, uh, actually... Um, I did not use that because uh, what I did is I was fetching the data from the from the websites, the right. FAQs, and then immediately just uh, read it out. But I could just put a layer in between where I would tweak that outcome and uh, yeah, just change the pitches. Yeah, for the people that don't know what SSML means, it might, like, means like you can mark up your spoken text with creating spaces uh, or pauses or like how Emphasis. you pronounce yeah, or how you pronounce a number. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I watched most of your speech. I was in the audience and. Uh, yeah, it was technically really saturated and uh, rewarding to uh, yeah, to see that. Yeah, I'm an really engineer really myself, so yeah. I mean, I know I know well, what it, it takes. Shows, yeah, it <laughs> shows like, yeah. because the whole presentation was like functionally from end to end, building like, the basic voice AI that you can interact with on your website. So I thought that was really nice, also to see from the development perspective, like what does it actually need yeah. on your end, and what is the magic that Google does for you yeah. on the dialogue flow yeah. ends. Really cool. And and like I mentioned also in my talk, like like the technology itself is not that difficult. Like using dialogue flow is easy. Using speech technology is easy. Using WebRTC on the browser, uh, it's also easy, yeah, you know? Cloud but makes it's, easy and it, in the cloud, but the, the problem is, it's like combining all these technologies all in one together. Like on the back end, on, like on the front end, you have an audio buffer. On the back end, I have an array buffer. How do I make sure that the stream is not getting modified when it comes yeah. in? Yeah. Tough. It's tough, yeah. That's right. um, you have another role at Google, it's a developer advocate. Yeah. Uh, how do those two roles interplay? So I, I'm an engineer and I'm a developer advocate. As an, I'm, as an engineer, I'm creating all the demos like I did today, like I open source the code. I'm creating demos on Dialogflow and speech technology. I'm sharing it with developers. I also meet a lot of developers. Um, so that's my engineering part, uh, the developer advocacy part. That's more that I, uh, I like. Like today, I'm, I'm speaking at an event, or I'm writing blog posts, or I meet with customers to talk about what 
their feedback they have about their product and how we can improve the product. So I'm not part of sales, I'm part of the product team, I'm part of the engineering team at Google. Yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, it would be fair to say that your current favorite stack is Google? <laughs> Yeah, Google, and also I love JavaScript, so that's also why I usually choose an yeah. Java. But about TypeScript? I do, I do use TypeScript, yeah. And which would you say is your favorite programming paradigm? Uh, like object-oriented or functional? Uh, object-oriented, object Because yeah. you uh, used Angular for your uh, demo. Yes, I used Angular for my demo, but I could have used anything else. Uh, in the past, so prior to Google, I worked for Sentia, which uh, your audience might know. It's an, yeah, it's an old JavaScript framework, XJS, uh, which was all based on object-oriented paradigm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I love that. What kind of mediums do you use to stay updated with the latest developments in industry and tech trends? And I read a lot of blogs. I go to a lot of conferences, obviously, so I speak with a lot of uh, yeah, other experts in the, in the field. But I, I learn also so much from the people working at Google. Like uh, whether it's an engineer or it's the, the PM, like we all come together and we talk about things, and they might have different views about about things than I have because I I meet with the customers, you know. But I know technically on the end how they created it or why they built it that way because yeah, it might be technical reasons why they had to do it uh, one way or the other. So yeah, I'm more like the bridge in between. And, uh, yeah, I kind of like that. Nice. So yeah. being the, like the bridge in between is that something that's on a daily basis for you? Okay, would you mind telling a little bit more about that? Like, what is it like to be the bridge in between at a job like that? So it means specifically Google. Yeah, so it means like for starters, like when I'm at an event like this, I meet a lot of people, and they tell me like, "Oh wow, I love Dialogflow. I've built this with it." But you know what? I'm kind of missing this and this feature. That would have really helped me if that feature would be there. Um, so then I'm meeting the next day with the, with the product team, and I say like, "Yeah, well, the feedback. I got a lot of feedback. People love it, but." Um, they would like to see this feature different, or um, the way how we write our documentation is not that clear because nobody seems to understand it. So we need to change that. So it could be that I help out the documentation team to fix the docs. It could be that I I need to work and create more examples so that it becomes clear for the developers uh, how to integrate it. It could also be that uh, the, the it goes back to the product team and yeah, we need to change the product. That doesn't happen often because when products at Google go in production, then they they have like a long beta time because beta at Google is what a lot of other companies consider production. Um, but what Google does is we create also lots of alpha and, and beta programs where we whitelist customers. And especially then it's a, a great to sit together with, with the developer audience because that's the moment that we can fine tune and then change the product uh, the way how our audience loves it. Right. Yeah. Over uh, yeah, these last years uh, of your career, what would you say has been the thing or event or something that has made you grow the most? I think I learn every day from speaking with people and what the technology that, that the other developers are working with. You know, and I learn new tools and I see new things and I think, oh, that's great. Or I hear customers that, yeah, we, we have a use case like this and we don't know how to build that. So learning and growing is a, is a constant experience yes, for you, and you don't see like a, an outlier in, in, in no. that. Yeah. Right. Uh, There's some um, mistake you've made that you think now, in retrospect, hmm, that was a mistake uh, that I would like to change now. <laughs> in terms of uh, software engineering and... and, and so, uh, yeah. What he's basically asking is, which bug of yours can we find in <laughs> GitHub that you're most ashamed of? <laughs> I can, actually, I think uh, I can mention a funny one. It was when I was creating this demo. Um, 
when I was streaming, I was streaming my, my voice to Dialogflow and it would speak back. But then I kept the microphone open. So what happened is like Dialogflow would talk back and it would record the response. So basically you create an endless loop. Yeah, with <laughs> yeah. So I had to come up oh, with something like, oh, while well, really... well, the audio uh, will be returned, make sure that that's not recorded. So hang on. So technically, you could have Dialogflow have a conversation with itself then. If you could yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure you've seen oh. the YouTube videos, right? Where Alexa talks to Google Assistant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Siri joins the party yeah. with, hi, guys, I'm here too, five minutes after. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned you like JavaScript a lot, uh, yeah. but if you could change one or more maybe things in JavaScript, what would those be? Oh, that's a hard one. I don't. I this think, now this is where it becomes really interesting. Yeah, I don't. I like. I have to say, I'm. I don't have like in the past prior when I was working at Sencha, You know, I was really missing it that you, I mean, you can't really write object oriented. I mean, still it's not real real object oriented yeah. code, right? But I mean, it's now getting more closer to it where it feels more like a yeah. with the class syntax. Yeah. Exactly. It's still prototyper prototypal inheritance under the hood, but yeah, it feels exactly. Like it, yeah. It, but it feels like it, and, you know, and that was something that I was missing in the past. That was also the reason why I was using XJet. Right. Now I think with the the latest version of JavaScript that yeah, you just don't need to do that for for the class system. Yeah, the fake class system. That's not that. You don't need to use that. Right. And add a framework for that. Um, when you are coding in the zone and really intensively, what what is your favorite drink to have at the time? <laughs> oh, I'm a. I love Red Bull. Right. And um, <laughs> one of those developers. Yes, I'm one of those developers, and because my team works in the US, so I have like often like late night calls, and then he always said like, "Oh, Lee, it's so dark in your room. I have like these Philips U light bulbs where I put it like on blue light, you know, and it's very dark." And I said, "And I said, no, I love that because that really keeps me. I, I get the energy from that, and then I can make like long nights." All right. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you? Uh... Well, then, yeah, there's this one, but then we're, I think we're going to go over time for the podcast, though. But what, I, what I'm really interested in is just, like, how do you see uh, voice as another interface for front-end? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I see voice as another interface, I mean, or, or just another channel. And this is also what I advise to all our customers or the developers who I'm speaking with. Like, when you create a chatbot, don't build a chatbot for just one channel. Make it for various channels and include voice because voice is a very important channel and it gets more and more important. Not just the Google Assistant. Uh, think about it like um, like integrating voice in your website so people that don't have a mouse or keyboard, right, they can still navigate through your website. Think about contact centers where robots pick up the phone and you can talk to a robot instead of uh, calling a service number and you have to press number nine and then you have to rephrase your question and then you put them hold. These are great yeah. things to yeah, use. I think yeah, the technology software. finally has moved so far in terms of speech recognition and synthesis that, that yeah. that's become possible. And, you know, exactly. You start and, using it. And when we talk about uh, synthesizing the speech, like the, the the voice can sound like very human-like. Yeah. So you don't hear anymore that it's a robot. It's yeah. So freaky even. Yeah, and I mean, and the thing is, like, because there are like lots of research done uh, about that, and then they figured out like when the voice sounds like a robot, people will treat it like a computer. People will treat it dumb. They will ask simple, stupid questions, like in short utterances. But when the voice sounds very human-like, yeah, then we start talking to it like it's, a, like it's a human. Think about it, how many times have you said to the Google Assistant, well, thank you, out of automate, uh, yeah, as, as an automatic thing, yeah. They treat as a yeah. person at the end of the yeah. line. 
does. So, okay, so this is this is the last thing, then we're gonna cut it short. So I have a little video here, and you may have seen it already. So I need to get onto the Wi-Fi real quick. Uh, which is, it's the, uh, the, the voice AI, let's call it AI, it's not really AI, from, mm -hmm. from Apple, so it's the, one of the competitors. But, I mean, you know, it's Apple versus Google, so. However, and you probably won't be able to hear what's going on here, but we'll make sure to add a link or something in the description. So take a, take a look at this and listen. Oh, actually, it's, it's pretty good. Can you put it closer to the mic as well? You would like me to call you. <laughs> so for those of you listening at home, this is actually Siri trying to pronounce <laughs> It almost sounds like a song, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> it sounds so strange. Can we get Google to do this? <laughs> I don't know, I think we should try it. Like when you try out our text-to-speech uh, on the website, there is like an, uh, a little text input box. You can start typing whatever you want in whatever language you want, and you can use the SSML market language to change the pitches. I, I bet you can even create songs this way. So, so it would be a great challenge, actually. Maybe we're challenging you, everyone who's listening. No idea who's listening, but go to the website, the text-to-speech engine, and then come up with the weirdest thing you can think of, record it, and post it on Twitter. And let's see how crazy we can get. Yeah, or even and better, put a beat underneath it. Put a beat, actually, yeah. yes. Yes, we'll ask Tony to make a beat. <laughs> yeah. And reference uh, passionate people. Reference passionate people, and reference front in love. And of course, don't forget to reference Google and Dialogflow. Very nice. Cool. All right, guys, thank you all for listening. This was uh, our podcast. Thank you, Lee. Thank mm -hmm. you, Chris. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. Good night. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye.